Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I'm so excited you're here with us on the Abundance Alchemist podcast today. I'm beyond excited to introduce our guest. Um, She is very inspiring and amazing, so I'm excited to introduce her. Um, We have Amy Gray Cunningham. Uh, She's an intuitive healer and Akashic Records practitioner, author, and podcast host of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey Through Spiritual Transformation. She helps people understand who they are at the soul level to begin living the life God and our souls intended us to live. She believes we are the creators of our own experience. Therefore, we manifest the life we desire. Um, Years ago, actually 10 years ago, on July 6, 2011, she donated a kidney to a stranger after hearing a voice tell her that she would donate to him. They were a one in 20 million match and should have been siblings. Um, After her spiritual growth continued, she uh, started helping with uh, transformation and healing through coaching. And again, she believes that we create our and manifest our lives by the choices we make. It's all about experiencing our divinity through our humanity. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and everyone has a story to tell. That's the beauty of being in a wonder-filled world. Welcome to the show, Amy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So you... um, you're incredible that you donated a kidney. I want to hear all about your story because um, I think that it's so interesting. I mean, to be a kidney donor that's living and be able to tell about it, especially to, it sounds like a stranger, um, but in kind of a miracle way, um, I'd love for you to kind of share about that. Yeah, well, it was definitely an adventure, one that I wasn't, I didn't realize I was going to do. Uh, my husband actually knew David from high school. He was okay. friends with uh, his brother and his sister. And my husband and I had been married about a year and a half or so mm-hmm. at this point. And we were high school sweethearts and we split up for about 20 years and then found each other again on Facebook. Oh, wow. That. <laughs> yeah. And um we were, I was cleaning up the, the kitchen one night after dinner and he was in the den and he hollered to me, Hey, do you remember Jennifer Ensley? I'm like, no, but I guess we went to high school together. We were all three in high school together, but I didn't remember her. She ran in a different circle than me. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was the cheerleader and I was, you know, not the cheerleader. Not the cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. that way. <laughs> And uh, Chuck was kind of the social butterfly. He knew everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, back in high school. But uh, anyway, she had posted, I guess David was really, really sick. And he was literally on on death's door. And she just figured there was something she had to do. So she had a friend of hers that had posted about looking for a kidney on Facebook. And her friend was one of the first people that had done that. So she decided to create a Facebook page called looking for a kidney from my brother, David. Mm-hmm. And so Chuck was telling me the story. Uh, and I remember hearing uh, telling him, well, I really hope somebody steps up to help this guy because I felt so much compassion for him. He had two little girls and he was married to his high school sweetheart mm-hmm. and had been since high school. And I just really was, I felt a lot of compassion. Mm-hmm. 
And it was right at that moment, I literally heard someone tell me that, Amy, that person will be you. And I was just kind of like, looked around the kitchen and um, thank God there was nobody else in the kitchen at that time. Because <laughs> I probably was as white as a ghost. And I was like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And it was just an all knowing. I, there is no other way to explain it. It was just an all knowing that I would be the one to donate. Now, I could have said no. I could have said no. However, it was not meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was in January. And in July, we I was being willed in to, to, to give him a kidney. And so it was a major roller coaster between January and July. Um, and eventually I went on to write a book about it because I love books and I love to read. And at that point in my journey, I could not find a book that was that could tell me the story about, you know, what to expect. Mm-hmm. And everybody's journey when they donate is is completely different, obviously, mm-hmm. because each person is different. So, but I couldn't find, I didn't know what to really expect other than what was told to me from the um the people at the hospital. And the books that I did find were either really, really boring or so clinical that I couldn't understand what in the world I was reading. <laughs> so then I heard another voice tell me, well, why don't you write a book? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did. Very nice. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, to follow that guidance is, I think, something that is admirable because a lot of times we do let that fear really get in the way. And um, I saw, a, I was, you know, looking at your website before um, asking you to come on and saw this uh, blog post that you posted and it said fear. And it said um, there were two ways you could look at fear. And it was something of like, um, something like you choose to run or you can choose to rise. And I thought that that was a really great way to look at it. And you definitely did rise in, you know, to that occasion and such a big thing, you know, especially in today's society, we're not necessarily and definitely with COVID, unfortunately, we've kind of gone into this place where a lot of us are more secluded in our families and secluded into ourselves. And we're not necessarily understanding how connected we are with everybody else and, mm-hmm. you know, really stepping into this place of helping. So I think when I saw um, a little bit about your story, I was like, wow, that's not only incredible for her to do that, but to listen to that guidance and to then go on and share your story to inspire other people that this is an option and we can help each other um, is really impactful. So I just appreciate that. And thank you for sharing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I um, it's it's really important because we can either stand in the fear and let fear rule us, or we can allow fear to motivate us and move us. And we really have, if we think about the fact that we are the creators of our own experience, and we get to create the life that we want to live, and we create the opportunities then there's really nothing to fear. Absolutely. But fear, but fear itself. Mm-hmm. Some wise person once said that one time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's really about what is it that I want to experience today? What is it that I can that I can offer the world that can make it better? What about the 
the decisions that I make today can inspire me to motivate others or inspire myself to motivate myself to make my world better. And I kind of look at this world as, as, as a play almost. And I am the, the, the writer of my own play of my own, of my own, um, my own script. And I get to create whatever it is I want it to be today. So 11 years ago, almost now, um, you know, it was, is it going on 12 years now? Something like that. Um, you know, I wanted, I wanted to donate and, and, and actually at one point I was declined. Wow. I was, I was approved by my, and it talks about it in the book. I was approved by my team of, um, I don't know what you call them, practitioners or whatever you, mm-hmm. when you're going through the donation process, you have your team of doctors and um, therapists and the people that work with you. And then the, the recipient has his or her team of doctors and therapists and, and all that, that uh, work with them. And each team has to approve the, the transfer, the, the donation. And so I was approved on my side, but David's doctors did not approve me because I, my kidneys were actually unique in the fact that I had two arteries that attached to both kidneys, one, the main artery, and then a small little artery at the top of each of my kidneys. Mm. And normally it only, if there's a second artery, it's only attached to one. So they would normally remove the one that doesn't have the second artery. Mine just so happened to have the artery on both of the kidneys. So the doctor was afraid that he wouldn't be able to reattach the second artery and David wouldn't receive 100% flow Mm. to the kidney. And so he declined me. Mm. And But my transplant team did approve me. And I remember we went, that was a Friday afternoon. I received the call from my, um, my, my, my counselor that I had been declined. And I was totally just shocked because Mm -hmm. I honestly believed that that's what I was meant to do. I mean, I heard this voice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how, how, how much, how much more sure can somebody be to hear a voice from God say, yes, you're the one, you know, Mm -hmm. go build the ark. And, and so I did, and, uh, I just, I couldn't understand it, but I kept the faith and I'm like, well, something will happen. It'll happen. And the following Monday, we went to a healing service at my church and we had people pray over Jennifer and I, David was supposed to come, but he was too sick and he couldn't come. Mm -hmm. And that following Wednesday, I got a call from the doctor from my transplant coordinator, the doctor had called her. He had just changed his mind and decided to move forward with the surgery. With the surgery. Wow. No reason, no explanation. He changed his mind. And that second artery, he wasn't able to reattach, but David never lost any, lost any blood flow. He received 100% flow to the kidney. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, talk about ups and downs, right? Like we're just talking about that fear. And so it's like, it's also nice to know that in a sense that it's not always a smooth path. Like even when we do get that guidance, there's going to be those bumps and kind of divots and these different things, but pushing through. And like you said, having that power to create, to understand that we do create our own path is 
is really something new to take on. And I think this, this episode couldn't have come at a better time with, you know, all these things about new year's resolutions and the new year and the new me and all these things. And, um, you know, for years, I really struggled with the new new year's resolutions because, um, you know, you look at the research behind them and people keep them for like, I think it's an average of like six days, which is just sad. I mean, like at this point, we're already, you know, a couple of days, people are going to keep them for four more days or, you know, three more days. And so, um, it's really, I, I think when we're talking about really identifying like that we do have the power, it's not only about like the motivation to, you know, keep doing these things. It's also about the choice because I think a lot of us lack this idea of, oh, I'll lo- or I'll keep the motivation. And that's not necessarily the case. And I bring up the motivation because I think too, we, we get to this place of where we start to stray from what our true purpose is or what our true um, choices that we're making are around rather than what we feel like we should be doing. And so I think that um, that was another reason I really wanted to bring you on is, you know, I think that being talking about the Kashik records, we'll get into that. Um, But one of the things I know about it is that, you know, there's a lot of different things about how using the Kashik records can help you understand your purpose. And so I wanted to hear from you really how you identify when people talk about like, what is my soul purpose or what is, you know, my soul alignment? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I always tell uh, clients that I work with or people that I work with is the first time I say the word should, could, would, can't know that I'm already an ego. Yep. Those, those words I need to just toss out. I should be this weight. I should be that weight. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. That's all ego. Mm-hmm. And ego is how we experience ourselves in this world, in this third dimensional world. That's how we experience ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for our ego and our, our smaller personality, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, we, we wouldn't be able to experience everything that we experience. So I am very much for taking care of and supporting my, my, my ego, the, the personality of Amy mm-hmm. and, and nurturing her because she is the one that experiences everything. She is the thoughts that keep popping up into my head. Who is it that watches, observes those thoughts? Mm-hmm. That's the higher, the higher self, the higher being, the higher, the soul. Mm-hmm. And so that's the experiencer. The, the the ego is the doer, the one that goes out and does. And so we need the ego to work with us. But as soon as we say the word should, we know that we're all in the ego. Living in the higher self, the higher purpose, that's where the inspiration comes. That's where how we are able to fulfill the New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, and to keep keep moving forward with 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 what we what we want to to do in the records. When I go into the records and I do readings for people, or I go into the records for myself because mm-hmm. you know one of the things that I'm learning is forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness for me mm-hmm. and forgiveness for others. Because we are not perfect. We are human beings. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. We're going to screw it up. That's what we're here to do. (laughs) 
know, yep. we're here to screw it up and to learn from it and to keep moving forward. So what do we do when we screw it up? We have to forgive. And when we can forgive people for where they're at, we can forgive ourselves. The other day I was coming home and I'm driving down the road and there's this car that just stops in the middle of the road. And I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, I'm like duh, 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 you know, and I, I get, I get, I'm laying on the horn and <laughs> I'm like, why is this person stopping in the middle of the road? It almost caused an accident. Mm-hmm. Swerve over in the other lane and I go, and it's this young kid who she's probably 16, 17 years old. She's, I could tell she's got her phone out. She's probably lost. She doesn't know. I could tell she doesn't know. She was frantic. She looks scared. And I thought to myself, okay, angels, go help her. So, and I literally like in my mind's eye, just encompassed her and just enfolded her car and herself in, in just white light and asked the angels to just bless her. And then I just kept on going and I just mm-hmm. breathed through it, you know, but my first reaction was like, why the bleep is she doing this? Why is she doing this to me? She's mm-hmm. interrupting my drive. <laughs> exactly. You know, that was the human part mm-hmm. of me. But then I was able to forgive because it wasn't done to me, mm-hmm. but I was able to forgive the incident and let it go, send white lights and love and blessings and move on. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I have no clue what was going on in her little head, but, um, you know, hopefully she got to wherever she was going and she got there safely, right. all I, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's, and I could have let that incident just completely ruin my afternoon and mm-hmm. my day and just what kind of blah, 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 blah. And in the past, I've done that before. Absolutely. But I've, been, I've been her, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's where extending grace and that's where extending forgiveness and mercy comes in. Because when I do that again, hopefully the person behind me in the horn will <laughs> extend me a little bit of mercy and grace because I don't know it. Right. I love that. Yeah. Really pointing out that, um, again, it's a lot of choice. Like I I love how you kind of distinguish the ego with, with that kind of the higher self, because we, a lot of times when we're in that place, we're coming from the human reactiveness, right? We live, a lot of us live very much in that when we're not doing our own spiritual work and we're not, and it's not to, to beat ourselves up, but just kind of to use it as a recognition of, you know, when I am that reactive, I'm not coming from a place of, you know, my higher purpose and my, and, you know, kind of my higher self in this place of love. And I love that you were able to show a really great example of how we can shift that into being something so simple. And not only is it going to affect her, but again, like we're all connected. So it's, it's affecting us too. You were able to get out of that reactive, really human ego place and to take a step back make a choice to kind of surrender that up. And then it didn't affect your day as much either, which is a really important kind of lesson too, when we're talking about really our, our sole purpose. And and I keep going back to that idea of purpose, just because I think it's a very daunting task for people to understand. And I think that, um, I know in my personal journey, like figuring out my purpose, I was, I got so stuck on it of like, I have to have this really big purpose and it has to be this, you know, incredible thing. And how does my professional career and my personal life and all these things tie in. And I finally came to a place where I, again, like surrendered up to 
letting those thoughts go and not necessarily becoming from a place of more that observation, right? Rather than the reactive of, I have to figure this out and I have to do this because again, I went into that place of ego. I should, should be this way. I should identify you know, this way or all these different things. And when I did that, I was able to understand my purpose in a sense of more of a feeling and in sense of more of like a love. And I think that that example that you showed of just, that's exactly what you did. You used forgiveness and grace and you gave her love and you allowed your angels and your you know higher power and the white light of protection to come in and really encompass her and her journey and encompass you in your journey, which is a beautiful connection to make. And it's really all about if you think if you think along the lines of, you know, we're here just to experience ourselves, we could have this huge, wonderful purpose that we're just mm-hmm. going to go out and save the world, or we're going to have this purpose of just experiencing ourselves on a day-to-day basis. And mm-hmm. how are we going to change the lives of somebody just by giving out a smile at Harris Teeter oh. or giving a smile at a DMV? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can make such a huge impact in somebody's life by giving a smile. Mm-hmm. I read a podcast or a, a, a blog post one time about the fact that by just recognizing somebody, by giving a smile or recognizing someone, you can change their entire day. You don't know what's going on in that other person's life. You have absolutely no clue. They could be going out to commit suicide that day, and your one smile, your one kind gesture changed their entire world. Yeah. I want to, that makes me think um, of two stories. So, my background is obviously in kind of the mental health and addiction counseling piece. And so, um, I've done a lot of, have a lot of education around suicide and suicide prevention and, and really truly like you're saying the power of a smile. Um, and I have two stories that kind of come to mind that I'll share really quickly. Um, the one is I read a unfortunate study, but, um, a man writes a letter and it's his suicide letter and it was shared. Um, and he said that he went out on, uh, you know, to the bank and to the grocery store. And he said, if one person smiles at me today, I won't kill myself because that's where he was at. And nobody smiled at him. And unfortunately you can see that the simple, uh, the fact that he was saying, if one person extends a smile to me, it can change the pattern of my life is really powerful. And so, um, after I read that study, it was years ago and I was working in an involuntary psych in Newark, New Jersey. And if you've been in Newark, it's an interesting place. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. It has a very beautiful place in my heart, but um, it's a little bit different than other places, in my opinion. Um, and so in Newark, it's a little bit rougher of an area. There's a lot of drug. There's a, a lot of um, crimes. There's a lot of um, prostitution and things like that that occur there. And so I remember one day it was like my first week and I was just working as like a mental health assistant. So I was just really like on the floor of the lockdown unit. And I had um, my supervisor come up to me and she said, Hey, you need to be really careful about this client that's coming in. She's a frequent flyer. And I was like, what does that even mean? It means she comes around, she stops taking her meds. She lives on the streets. She comes in frequently. So I said, okay. And she goes, also, I want you to be really careful Um, she has exhibited some racist behaviors towards, um, white females previously when she's been on the unit and has put some staff members in danger. Um, and I'm a white female. And so I was a little on edge. Um, 
she came in and I remember instead of giving into the fear, I thought back to that study and I said, you know what? I'm going to just smile. I'm going to smile at her. And that's what I'm going to do because Newark, I've like smiling is not a normal thing in Newark. I don't feel like it is. People don't <laughs> smile in the streets. Like I live in Colorado. So like Colorado is a very friendly community. People mm-hmm. smile, people say hello. Um, so she came in and she walked right over to me. I was the newest you know, staff member and she'd been there frequently. And she um, looked at me and she looked me up and down and, and I smiled at her and she goes, why are you smiling at me? And I just said, why wouldn't I? And she looked at me up and down again and she kind of shook her head and she goes, you know what? You'd be a nice little worker for me. I'm going to call you sweet pea. And I should have probably prefaced this story that she was a well-known pimp and drug hustler in the area. <laughs> so, but this lady, she changed my life. I tell this story with so much humor, but seeing the power that I could connect with someone that I have a completely different background with based on a smile that somebody had already previously warned me about, you know, the behaviors that could occur with this lady. And the, I was there with her. I think she was there for like two or three weeks. I don't know. She was there for about two weeks. Cause we have, you have about seven to 10 days to stabilize an involuntary psych. Um, and I played dominoes with her in the day room. She would t- like walk around the unit with me, just telling me her stories and her life. And it blew my mind. The power, like you said, of just smiling and connecting with this incredible woman. I mean, the fact that this lady, like people write people off an involuntary psych, which I know I'm going on a tangent. I'm very passionate about mental health, but um, the fact that, you know, she connected that much and impacted my life. I mean, this was like, gosh, like almost 10 years ago now. And I still love her dearly and like, think about her all the time. And so um, yeah, just, I know that was a complete tangent, but I wanted to share that. Like you said, it's yeah. truly incredibly powerful what people can do by something that's so simple and free to give. Yeah. I mean, life can be so different if we can just come from a place of love and offer that. Mm-hmm. If we can opt to everybody I mean, we all come from the same ocean. We all come from the same source, from the same place. And we get to experience ourselves as souls in these bodies Mm -hmm. because we can see ourselves as separate, Mm -hmm. but we're actually all one. And we don't know what somebody else's experience is just by looking at them. And so by offering up love to people and offering up forgiveness. That's what we receive in return. It's the whole law of attraction as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we give, we also receive. Mm -hmm. And that's the important thing to remember, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we're here, we're here just to experience. So our, our mission, our purpose in life can be just about anything that we want it to be. And I tell, I tell my clients all the time, and my friends and family too, you know, if we were to look, if we look in a mirror today, everything that we see staring back at us is all the thoughts, choices, and actions that we have taken up to this moment in time. Literally everything that we, is, is every thought, choice, and action that we have taken up into this moment in time. If we want to change and have something different, then we have to have new actions, new thoughts, new, new changes, to change that 
for the future. So literally in this moment, we have the past, present and future all staring at us right in the face. Mm-hmm. And our future can be anything that we want it to be. However, we have to start from where we're at. Mm-hmm. We have to start from where we're at from this moment in time. Um, if you want to you know, have a million dollars in the checking account, but you have $5 to your name, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you can't magically sit there and wish for it to just appear in your checking account. Mm -hmm. Most likely it's not going to happen. You still have to go out and play the lottery ticket. Mm -hmm. You You still have to put on your shoes. You still have to get dressed. You still have to go out to the store. You still have to give them the last $5 that you have in your checking account to spend the money for that lottery ticket in hopes that you're going to get the money to come in. You still have to take some sort of action. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, it still requires movement. It still requires action. And then you have, you know, it starts with the thought and then it, you have to take the action. Mm-hmm. Now, where are you at in alignment with that thought and that action is the key. Yeah. That, that's part of what the Akashic records help you to do is to figure out where you're in alignment. If you were in alignment to that thought and that action, it would already be in your checking account. If you were in mental, emotional, and spiritual and physical alignment to that million dollars in your checking account, it would already be there. Mm-hmm. Oof. I love that. I love that you just hit on that point of there are often times where we feel like I struggle with vision boards and affirmations for this reason, because people will be like, well, why isn't it happening? It's on my vision board. I say the affirmation. I tell myself I'm 10 pounds lighter. I believe it. But you're not believing on an every single level. And we are not, we cannot break ourselves up into different pieces. We are, again, we're one holistic piece. So you can't be in alignment in your subconscious and your conscious mind, but not in your, you know, um, on a spiritual level and your energetic level. You can't, they all have to be in alignment, like you said, to have that truly occur. It has to be in the physical. We live in the 3D. We mm-hmm. live in the third dimension and it has to be in alignment. Our fifth dimension, fourth dimensional aspects have to be in alignment with our third dimensional aspect in order for it to manifest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that is just the way it works. Otherwise, it would already be here. Now, a lot of people are created to manifest with vision boards. They, mm-hmm. they, look, they can actually have the intention and they can see the the end result, mm-hmm. and that motivates them to actually start taking the action to get to where they need to go. Right. And there's other people that they actually the, a vision board does absolutely nothing for them. Mm-hmm. That's not the way they're created. They're created to actually live in the moment and mm-hmm. fly by the seat of their pants and literally enjoy the moment and take action and live vicariously in the moment. That's mm-hmm. how they're created to go. And that's one of the things that. I work with people on is how did God create us to manifest in this third dimensional world? Mm-hmm. How did he create? And I say he, it could be she, it, to me, it's all energy, but I mm-hmm. use he, so I understand. And that's my own human um, limitations. But, um, you know, he, he throws, he, he mixes all this part of him in this little bowl and he comes up with, with the spiritual person, this spiritual, wonderful person of Amy or Caitlin and, you know, and poof, and you've got all these little magical ingredients of, of the spiritual person or the spiritual energy of God source. And you're uniquely you. Mm-hmm. 
even though we're all part of the same source, we have all these unique little aspects and nuances. And I mean, it's magical. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody else out there quite like you mm-hmm. or me. And we get to create like our creator in our own unique way, which is so amazing. And I mm-hmm. absolutely love it. And so my experience is completely different than yours mm-hmm. and completely different than somebody else's. But together, when we come together with all these experiences, oof, wow. I just, I get so excited. You, I, I love going on a tangent about that too. No, I, I love it too. Cause it's so true. I mean, it is. I love that kind of analogy of like you saying, like we get to create in our own lives because it is so powerful when we get into so many of the different things and, you know, why I, I'll say it this way, why I combine more like traditional aspects of counseling with spiritual and holistic modalities is because they help us come together and understand, like we're talking about that whole holistic of like, we operate on all these different levels, but like you're saying, we get to use all these different fun, you know, modalities and CBT that, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and meditation and the Akashic records and human design, like all these amazing things and aspects to figure out how we want to create our own life. And it's really, I think sometimes it can feel daunting, but it's really an empowering place to be of like, you get to choose. And I think that only really around again, like New Year's is when people start to think like, oh, okay, I'm going to think back about this year or, you know, where my life is at and what do I want to be different? And I think when we do that more frequently and we really take a step into, no, I get to wake up every single day and create my life. Like you said, with the past, present and future staring at me in the mirror, it's mm-hmm. a whole different ball game. I mean, it really is so exciting. I mean, like it's invigorating to look at that and be like, wow, I have all this power to create and it's in alignment. Like when you, like you said, you said earlier, when you feel that inspiration to create and really feel that you're in a lot more of an alignment because then it starts to happen. And you can see that when it's happening, you're in alignment. Well, it's kind of like this morning I woke up, my alarm went off at five o'clock this morning and my dogs are just Johnny on the spot. They're like, the alarm's off. Let's go, mommy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And they're right in my face and they're licking me and they're like, let's go. And last night I had, I mean, I just had tossed and turned much of the night. I did not get it. And my, when my alarm went off this morning, I was like, I don't want to get up. I want to sit snooze two more times. And they were like, let's go, mommy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I was just not in the, I'm let's, let's go, 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 rah, rah, rah Mm -hmm. mood. And I was like, go to back to sleep. I want to hit the snooze. Mm -hmm. And when Buddy and Charlie were looking me in the face, I'm like, okay, I have a choice. I can continue to go. I don't want to get up yet. I don't like Monday mornings Mm -hmm. or I can go. Yay, it's Monday morning. I can get up and love on my dogs and get moving. It's Monday morning. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I took a deep breath and I said, Yay, it's Monday morning. Let's go. Let's go. I had a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. I had a choice. How did I want to start off this day? Mm-hmm. And it's completely up to me how I want how I want to approach this day. And, and it's just, and it's amazing to me because as soon as I 
was like, okay, let's go, let's go. Things just started moving and shaking and lots of doors opened up for me. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is we all have our spirit guides that work with us. We all have angels that work with us. We are not doing this life by ourselves. And when we are putting out into the world, okay, I want to, it's Monday morning, let's go, let's go, rah, 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 you know, we're going to, mm-hmm. dogs are, let the dogs lick us in the face and let's get moving. <laughs> and the angels are going to open up doors and give us all sorts of fun things for us to experience. Or mm-hmm. if we want to look at it, I don't want to get up out of the bed, it's going to be a rotten day, we're going to get a lot of things that are rotten because is they want to help us experience whatever it is we want to experience. Mm-hmm. So if we start off our day with, it's going to be a rotten day, you better believe we're going to get a lot of things to make sure we have a rotten day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I want to ask too, because we've touched on the Akashic Records and for the listeners that aren't familiar, um, I probably should have asked this a little bit more upfront, but what are those? Like, how can you, how would you explain the Akashic Records? That is a really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Sometimes I assume everybody knows. No, the that's Akashic okay. Records I did are. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Akashic records are, it is an energetic place. There's, it's actually a place and a not a place all at the same time. It's everywhere and nowhere all at the same time, but it lives in, it's housed in the fifth dimension. And it is an energetic place that holds all of our thoughts, actions, and everything we've ever thought, done, and said in all of our lifetimes. And it's kind of like, I think of it as the um, information superhighway for our soul. Mm. A lot of people think of it as like a a library or a place that they walk into and they can pull a book off the shelf and they have a book that's perfectly fine. I see it as uh, my MacBook Pro that I can go up to and I open it up and I type in a question into Google and boof, I get all sorts of answers back from Google. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, that's, that's the way I think of it. So it's different for every person mm-hmm. based off of their experience and what they what they how they see it. It is governed over by the Lord's masters and teachers of the Akashic Records. It's also watched over by Lord Metatron. Um, nobody can access your records without your approval. Mm-hmm. It has got a firewall up around it, and so there's no, there's absolutely no way that anybody can hack it without your consent and your permission. And um, but you have access to it, and actually, everybody goes into it every night when you go to sleep. When you go to sleep, you do a download or a brain dump of everything that you've done, every thought, every action, everything that you've picked up throughout the day, every every feeling, every impression, every everything that your your subconscious has picked up, mm-hmm. it goes into the akashic records, and it's stored there and kept there for future reference. Mm-hmm. So it is it is a major library of information. And it's, it's there for us to access. Um, sometimes if I need to learn a particular program for work, or I want to learn, um, you know, how to do a particular task or talent or something, I'll set the intention before I go to sleep to go into the records to learn how to do something. Mm-hmm. And literally while my body sleeps, my soul goes to class. And it goes into this classroom. I don't know where or, or what. Sometimes I have dreams about it, which is really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a classroom. And then the next morning I wake up and it's like, I automatically know how to do things, which is very cool. Or I know where to go to get the answer. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? 
um, or the answer will just happen to appear in my email, you know, or, I mean, so it's just, it's really kind of, it's, it's really an, an interesting thing, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a library base. It's an information base of everything that your soul has ever thought, done and said okay. in any lifetime. So two, two questions. So obviously you're saying any lifetime. So this is why with Akashic Records, you can learn a lot about past lives. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and then second, so if, if I had, if I was a listener and I had never heard of the Akashic Records and I could be sitting here thinking, okay, what is, how can it help me? Cause now I understand that it has all these, you know, thoughts, feelings, and different things that I've occurred that have helped me. And I know you touched on like, I can learn, you know, at night how to do these things, or, um, I can get answers. If I'm a listener, how can I start learning about it? Or how can I start like healing through using the Akashic records? Where could I start? That is a really good point. Um, there, since the, the Akashic records are housed, like I said, in the fifth dimension mm-hmm. and in the fifth dimension, there is no time. Right. So everything is happening consecutively right now. All of our past lifetimes and future lifetimes are happening in this moment, mm-hmm. which is so hard for our brains to, to grasp and to understand um, because we live in the third dimension. Mm-hmm. And our brains just have a hard time computing that. But everything's happening in this particular moment. So we can access information that happened 25, 30, 40, 50 lifetimes ago Mm -hmm. Um, or however. And there's all sorts of other things. But um, so say, you know, you're trying to lose 50 pounds and you just keep beating your head up against a wall, up against a wall. You just keep and you end up, you know, you lose 25 and then you gain 30 and you lose 20 and then you gain another 10 and you just keep going up, up and down on this yo-yo scale mm-hmm. and, and you can't figure out why. Sometimes it is because you are living out the consequence of a choice that happened 15, 20 lifetimes ago because your soul there's no time and you're you're reliving that consequence that happened so many lifetimes ago. Mm-hmm. What I help people do is I help them based off of their intention go into their records and I can see where that pattern started. Mm-hmm. What happened in that lifetime to create that pattern? What negative karmic action they took or what negative karmic pattern that they incurred that they they thought or they did. And I can tell them, okay, well, this is what happened in this lifetime. This is why you are doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So half of the, half of the battle, 99.99% of the battle is understanding why we do things. Right. And once we can understand why we do things, then we can make new choices. We're free to make new choices. And so now when I sit down and I, I eat that, bowl of ice cream. I'm not eating that ice cream because I'm stuffing feelings that I incurred 18 lifetimes ago, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I know that I'm, I felt those feelings. I'm eating that bowl of chocolate ice cream because daggone it, that ice cream is good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I'm thoroughly going to enjoy that ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I know that, okay, you know, maybe I have to walk an extra mile tomorrow or maybe, you know, but do you see what I'm saying there? Yep. That makes sense. I can understand where that karmic pattern has come from. 
and I can understand why I'm doing the things I'm doing. It's kind of like in the third dimension, I heard it explained one time, you know, we're at the um, uh, the parade mm-hmm. and you're standing on the corner of fifth and fourth or whatever in New York city. And you're watching the Macy's day parade come around and all you can see are the floats that are coming around the corner and you see the floats that have passed by, you know, and when you go into the records, you actually go up into the Goodyear blimp and you're in the Goodyear blimp when you're in the records and you can see all of the, 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 the parade, you can see all of the floats from the very beginning, all the way down to Santa Claus. So you can see all of them mm-hmm. and you can see how they intertwine and where they go and what roads they're on and, and all of that. You can see all of that information when you're in the records, mm-hmm. you have all of that information available to you. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. Yeah. And that's powerful. And I like that you again, hit on a really powerful point of, um, you know, I think very logically. So I like that you hit on that point of, you know, it's half the battle isn't or more than half the battle is the knowledge of understanding. Once we gain an understanding, like you'll hear in so many different ways of like in addiction, they say like the first step is acceptance. Well, what is acceptance? It's understanding what's going on and then, you know, moving forward. But, um, you hit on it too, of like the action. I always think it's, it bugs me when people say that knowledge is power because knowledge is not power knowledge with the implementation of action is power, right? So moving forward with now what you learned from the Akashic records, like you said, of now you understand and you can make different choices. That's where, you know, these tools really come in handy when we're talking about, you know, using traditional therapy tools and using holistic modalities and using the Akashic records, all of these things. And and why I do the podcast is to help people understand all these options, but then also understand that, once we use an option or excuse me, we start engaging in an option in a practice, the next step is that choice. And I think we, that you definitely hit on that with the Akashic record. So I just um, wanted to point that out. And it's totally up to us, whether right. we decide, I mean, we can continue taking those same, making those same choices right. that we have done for many lifetimes. Once we're aware of it, you know, we and and fully understand that we're going to continue incurring those same consequences mm-hmm. or we can make new choices. Right. And we can do something different and incur other consequences, whether they're positive or negative. Mm-hmm. So and, and and that's that's actually the cool thing. You know, we can we are powerful creators of our own experience. And once we understand where, why we make certain choices and we have, and we understand that we have the power to make new choices, different choices that are based off of who we are at soul level, how we were created to manifest and to live our life. It's, it's powerful. It is so powerful. And once I realized that my life has completely changed in many, in many, many, many ways on many different levels. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's fun to, to be me. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, cause then you get to create, like we said, you have the power to create like this life that you want. Um, what you said made me think about something. And I can't even, I can't remember. It was one of my mentors years ago that said this to me, but um, they told me that you will not change until this, the discomfort of staying the same is more than the discomfort of changing. And so I just like to say that because um, you're right. I mean, it's up to us. There's no beat up. If you understand, you you know, gain the knowledge from the Akashic records of why you're doing what you're doing 
and you choose that you're okay with maybe not losing that 50 pounds, then that's your decision and you move forward and that's how it is. And it's not, you know, beat up or right or wrong or anything like that. So I love that you pointed that out because sometimes the discomfort of staying the same doesn't, you know, exceed the discomfort of change. And we do stay the same, but now we at least have the knowledge to understand what our actions are going to occur or what, what they're going to, what the, if we're going to relive the same consequences, like you said, or if we're going to move forward in a new path and we're not just in this kind of cycle of insanity. <laughs> well, and also you brought up a good point, you know, about losing 50 pounds or whatever. And, and it's all also about perspective, mm-hmm. about how we perceive things and how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive others. You know, what is, what is 50 pounds? Right. What is perfect? What is beautiful? What is, you know, it's all about perspective and perception and how we view ourselves in this world. You know, 50 pounds to me may be completely different than 50 pounds to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's all about perception and how we choose to view. You know, I can see, okay, well, this is why I've gained this weight. I totally understand it now, but but. And I could be totally healed and completely mm-hmm. forgiven. And it doesn't make a difference anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I can be 50 pounds overweight and completely okay with myself mm-hmm. and completely love myself because I have a different perspective mm-hmm. of how I want to live my life. That is the power of the records. Mm-hmm. That is the power of forgiveness and of love and of allowing us ourselves to be exactly where we're at and writing our own script. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this lifetime. I don't think I could have said it any better. And I want to just, we're running short on time and I think we could keep going because gosh, perspective is just an even more, another wormhole to go down. But um, I I do want to touch on too, I think you brought up a really valuable point of we, we're not doing this alone. I think too, you know, we have so much support through angels, spirit guides, masters, ascenders, our higher power, our third dimensional friends, our families here. Like we have all these things. So to our listeners know that you have resources. I mean, Amy is a great resource to learn more about the Akashic records. Um, you know, this podcast is a great resource. Use kind of what you can to decide what you want to, how you want to move forward and what you want your, um, your path to look like. Cause the, the whole purpose here that Amy and I came on today is to show you that you have the choice to create what you want and to live the life that you love. Um, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> But thank you so much, Amy, for for coming on the podcast. It was so great to have you on. And gosh, you shared so much knowledge. So I'm super grateful. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I was I'm truly blessed to be a part of this journey. And thank you. Of course. And to our listeners, um, please subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know, you know, what was impactful about this episode, what you want to hear. Um anything like that. We always want to hear your feedback and thank you for spending your time with us today here on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Bye guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.